0: Welcome to the Cycling Central podcast, where we cover each and every stage of the Tour de France. And I am here with Anthony Tan. And unfortunately, we've been left by our master Phil Gomes, who had to take this one off after covering the entire night shift and then the morning shift for the website. Um, Anthony, good to have you here.
1: Jamie, that's just what happens when you know you're the boss man. You know, you get paid the big bucks. You got to do the hard yards. Well, that's... Phil
0: certainly does that, and um, also a... we don't. Oh, we sort of do. Well we we try, anyway. And uh, get well soon to Rach DeBear, who um was unfortunately sick last night and couldn't make her um couldn't make her shift, so sending all the best wishes to her and she shouldn't be listening to us really. She should be in bed, um getting getting better for tonight.
1: Well, listening to us could um could induce uh someone to go to sleep. Perhaps not permanently, but just uh yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe just a mild catatonic yeah. state. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, on to the action of Stage 2 and Tanny. It was a dramatic one. Uh, Richie Port um, fell, well, fell behind again th- through no fault of his own, Puncture this time and fell straight through the back of the group and lost 1 minute 45 on the stage. Yeah,
1: Jamie, I don't. I guess I don't want to come across as some Nostra but I did say uh, in the, the stage preview I wrote that these types of stages, um, you know, it's cliched, but you can lose the tour. And as Richie Port said, it was a disaster to lose a minute 45. I think he punctured four kilometers to go, even if he punctured two and a half kilometers to go, um, you know, leading into the Cote de la Glacerie, the final climb, um, he wouldn't have been saved because actually there was no three-kilometre rule for those who don't know on on those types of stages because it's a hilltop finish. Uh, So, and then the other, you know, disaster was Contador crashing twice in as many days. Uh, You just, it it, it almost feels like I remember Lance Armstrong's last year and, you know, he was crashing quite often in the tour as well. And you just, you just think... uh, I'm not sure, is he thinking, is it worth it? And I also did say in yesterday's podcast that once you crash once, you're almost more susceptible to crashing again because you've got those nerves. And uh, geez, I'm not sure how he's going to go on the descents because remember there was a stage uh, in the 2014 tour that uh, Nibali won, they were going to that stage. It was midway through the race, I think it was stage 10 to... Uh, this uh, hilltop finish La Planche de belfield he crashed on the descent he was just trying to go too fast and uh, he said he was trying to get food out of his pocket I don't know why you were trying to get food out of your pocket on a descent
0: Well Contador's a talented bike rider he can multitask, can not he? <laughs> In any Clearly case, he can't. In any case, I'll counter that by saying he's he's only DNF'd that one time. Out of his fourteen grand tour appearances, that's mm. his only time he's failed to finish. And I think we'll see Contador will get back up and, you know, be a force to reckon with later in the in the tour. He only lost uh, forty eight seconds today. Mm. And it's a while until the next mountain stage where he'll be he'll be tested. So mm.
1: forty eight seconds, Jamie, on a three point four kilometre effort. If you extrapolate that to their twenty-eight passes in this year's tour, uh, so hey, let's make a sportsman's bet. I'll bet that Contador does not finish this year's Tour de France.
0: More than happy to take that bet, Tanny. Okay, and, uh, we'll work out. It's this. just
1: a coffee, really. You know, we we'll just I just means I shout you coffee.
0: Well, you will be shouting me coffee. Um, uh, what else from the tu- from there? I mean, you said um, Contador losing time was. Um, was you know pretty much the gonna end his tour and port the same? Is that what we're thinking?
1: Um, port well, that was a. Now he's forced to go on the offensive, and he'll have to get in those long-range moves that. Quintana has been intimating or, or season-long. You know this training. You know, you know how these guys are spending copious amounts of time in Tenerife and Sierra Nevada so forth doing altitude training well <laughs> Quintana spent I think he's spent a total of three months at altitude this year so he, he's clearly and then you saw what he did on the first stage of the route du sud uh he's prelude to the Tour de France and you know he decided to attack 180 kilometers from the finish he was caught but it gives you an idea of what he's planning to do and with respect to Richie, he's going to have to go on those moves. I mean, to, uh, yeah, I don't think it's unrecoverable because it's just we've only got two stages down, but I think you have to change his plans and TJ van Carta and now can just ride as he normally rides.
0: In some ways it might be a benefit because he can follow those moves from Contador, from Quintana, whoever is attacking, and they can leave T- TJ van behind to... You know, follow through, him or just sit and be a bit more conservative. Um, yeah, I'd agree
1: up. with that because Richie is a better climber than Vangardren, and um, or and so this it's sort of he his way suits him more. You know, it's all his personality suits that type of gameplay more because he wears his heart on his sleeve. He, he he likes. I think he, he doesn't like to train according to. Really, this regimented program that Sky was. Um, so I, I th- yeah, I don't think all is not, not lost with Richie. Conversely, with uh, Alberto, let's let's see the next few days. But he just looked very uncomfortable, even just
0: climbing that short hill to La
1: Glacerie last night.
0: Oh, well, that's the main GC. Um problems out of the way for the stage, but on taking the win, it was Peter Sagan, who won from Julian Alaphilippe of Ethics Quitstep, and then in third, it was Alejandro Valverde who showed that um, his Giro participation hasn't really faded his legs too much, and he popped in there for third. So, Taman, were we surprised by that at all? No, well, you... you You picked it. I think
1: we all picked it, but just because you didn't want everyone (laughs) to pick the same guy (laughs) last night, I said Michael Matthews. I didn't believe it. (laughs) I think uh, Sagan, you know, we should have given him the stage win before he actually turned a pedal. But I think uh, the interesting thing or the point of controversy was he said that he wasn't even sure if he was going for the stage win because you remember the last guy, Jesper Staven, um, the Belgian who rides for... I think he's Belgian He rides for Trek Segafredo. He he was only caught 500 metres from the line, you know, he was in that break. I think uh, I thought they were going to stay away. The commentators thought so because, you know, with 10 kilometres to go, they still had around two minutes. Um, But, yeah, I think one... Whether Sagan knew or not, I mean, he got an excellent lead out um, from Kreuzinger, his teammate. And uh, Alaphilippe, yeah, shouldn't be a surprise after what he's done in the classics and also clearly uh, winning the Tour of California. So um, this guy's a massive talent. First year. Debut Tour de France. He's ready. He almost got his first World Tour stage win on a huge stage. Um, and six at the Criterium de Dolphiné before. So you'd have to think this guy's going places, whether he's going places in terms of like winning classics like Liège and Flesh or maybe a bit more, who knows?
0: Well, yeah, sixth on the Dauphiné and winning the Tour of California, those are the results that can see you maybe stepping up into a white jersey. But Ala Philippe has said that he's looking to um, maybe treat this um, Tour de France as a bit more of a learning experience and look to support his leaders like Dan Martin, Marcel Kittel in the, in the sprints. So yeah I, yeah, I think he's got certainly a lot of potential. It's just a matter of whether we, whether we see it over three weeks here or if it, he pops up in the occasional stage.
1: Yeah, there's no pressure on him and I think that's the best thing. You see, the thing is going back to Richie, I'll keep going on about this, but he hasn't he hasn't gone into a race as, you know, the leader with all that pressure and it's quite different to just throwing yourself in or becoming the the two I C if you like, say in the role that Geraint Thomas is playing with Sky, you know, if something happens for him, okay, he'll be up there. And he's sort of, he's protected by Sky in the event that that happens, but that's a very different pressure cooker to being the, you know, the number one or the co-leader as he is with Van Garderen. And I'm not saying it was his fault because he can't help a puncture, but um, it will test his actually leadership qualities and, um, you know because you, you can you shouldn't write your tour off after two stages
0: very much so okay well we'll move to stage 2 now and uh anthony you've been writing the stage previews mm. what does the course look like for today you mean stage 3 stage 3 yes yeah uh, Whoops,
1: well that's uh geez,
0: it's it's going to
1: be a, another sprint um and most people, well, I shouldn't say most people, I sh- uh, maybe speak for myself. I find that first week in the tour can be boring, but, you know, last night's stage was very exciting. I think the sprint also, uh, that finished in Utah Beach, won by Cavendish, that was that was great. And now let's see if Kittel and Gripel can assert themselves because, you know, they got caught out a little bit by Cav. I mean so many people, including myself. I hadn't written him off because I don't write off a guy who wins 26 stage who was 127 now, but, um, more, you you know, Cavendish, it's a Cavendish of old that we saw, uh, on Saturday. And so whether he can produce the goods again, I, I think he can, he's, um, you know, he's done that type of training and I have a feeling also he, he will not finish the tour because of his Olympic objectives. And, uh, So, yeah, I think this will be a good sprint. I think, yeah, the chances of being a sprint finish are somewhere in the region of the Saturday, you know, around more than 99.9%.
0: Yes, it would take a serious stuff up by the sprint teams or maybe like one team saying, oh, no, I'm not going to do any work and then everyone saying, well, if he's not going to do any work, I'm not going to do any work and, you know, everyone throwing their dummies up in the air in a bit of a tantrum.
1: Yeah, like the World Tour racing is like that And how I mean, last night, that's why I was so surprised last night. They just caught Staven, you know, with 500 to go. So now with race radios, there's so much information. It's not just the... Um, that Uh, petite um, blonde on the back of the motorbike you know scribbling something on a chalkboard saying oh you've got you know x x number of minutes or seconds ahead Um, so now everything's relayed back and forth so many times that you it's the the breakaway it's it's so hard to have a successful breakaway i mean last night's stage was perfect but um, yeah, there's just so much information coming through and it's not conducive to successful breakaways, which is why, you know, you, got, you have to get someone with the madness of a Jens vault, or, um, you know, perhaps a bit more cunning like uh, Steve Cummings, you know, he's, he's the type of guy who, who can sort of do well. But yeah, tonight inevitably will be a sprint.
0: Well, it looks a bit different though on the end of the stage profile. There's a 2.5% um, uphill last kilometre, will that change who wins the stage or maybe advantage some sprinters over the others?
1: Well, it should favour a lighter person. You know, um, Phil mentioned in yesterday's pod, he noticed how slim down Cav was and he was a bit surprised he could still put out that um, that sort of wattage, that power. So it should favour Cav a bit more, you know, Cattell is obviously much heavier. We know that Gripel goes very well in uphill finishes. You know, he's he won a couple of tour down unders. You know, he had to get over climbs like Wollonga. So I don't think that will pose a problem perhaps you t- to Cav or Gripel. So maybe one of those two, you know, we. Michael, Michael
0: Matthews, of course, yeah. in uphill sprint, does a lot better than, you know, the pure flat stuff.
1: Yeah, I'd probably have to say that um, OGE. Now that after what transpired last night, what what do they do? Because we sort of, I mean, I, I wasn't sure who was. Did you did you notice who was sort of the designated leader at OGE? And I saw two OGE guys almost sprinting um, for themselves. I I wasn't sure. I I know one was Matthews. I don't know if the other one was Guerin's or Yates, but. Um,
0: Matthews was fifth on the stage and Geren's I think, was tenth and Yates, like, eleventh. So, okay. So, so they were all they were all kind of up there, but mm, it, I think so, it was a matter of legs on that climb. You really had to mm, be moving fast towards the end and yeah. it didn't quite work out for them.
1: Yeah, but you saw, Jamie, how much a lead-out does matter even on a short climb because of what Krosinger did for Sagan. So I'm still not convinced... OG have got the Matthews Garen's thing sorted out. yeah. I don't want to be a tabloid journalist, but I just don't think they've got that sorted out yet.
0: Well, no tabloid would take you, Tony uh, at this stage. So okay, pick a winner for, t- for tomorrow then.
1: Uh, well, yeah, it will be tomorrow by the time it finishes. so yeah. I'll um, I I think I think uh, Cav can do it again.
0: yep. Uh, I'll go left field and say Brian Cockard from direct energy he's he's a light little sprinter and yeah he's been getting better and better all year so he's my pick um yeah well we'll come come into the wrap up of the podcast now the start time for the stage tonight will be uh 9 nine thirty. 30 so 9 30 for the stage for the start time for the stage tonight on tv um you'll be able to listen to Matthew Keenan and Robbie McEwen starting off the commentary there's some, been some questions about that and then we'll later transition to Phil and Paul to finish off the stage and that will happen every stage so you know get used to it that's the that's the format for the Tour de France Tour de France coverage you can also follow the race via the Skoda Tour Tracker and there's plenty of other info on there to keep you updated of the race like gaps to breaks and people's power outputs, that sort of stuff. It's all really interesting stuff. You can follow the stream on the Cycling Central website, or, and we can thoroughly recommend the Ride Magazine, which is the Tour de France edition, and that gives you all the vital statistics on the stages and lets you know, you know, who's won the past 10 Tour de France yellow jerseys, who finished um, up there last year. It's all really good stuff.
1: Or you can ask Jamie, well,
0: yeah. yeah, I'm a font of knowledge on yeah. the tour. Yeah, so and which you will go, you'll Google that, won't
1: you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just read the Ride magazine and, and read, read to you out of there. Anyway, okay. Well, thanks for joining us from the Cycling Central podcast for another stage of the Tour de France, and we'll catch up with you guys tomorrow. See ya.